Well, if you all have your Bibles, if you would turn to Genesis uh, chapter 32. And uh, just to say, um, like to thank uh, Pastor, even though he's not here right now for the opportunity uh, to preach tonight. And uh, just for someone who is faithful uh, in preaching God's Word to us uh, each and every week. And I know um, you all are in his thoughts and prayers. Um, so continue to pray for uh, his family while they are away uh, right now in Florida. But uh, we're in Genesis 32 um, and starting in verse 24. And it said, yeah, Genesis 32 and, and verse 24. And it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thus ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel uh, eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinew that shrank. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you uh, for this opportunity uh, to preach your word. And I just pray that you would use me tonight, um, that you would work in, in each of our lives to be drawn closer unto you, and that we would understand your word, and, and uh, not to be hearers only, but to be doers of your word. And I just pray that you would uh, bless your word tonight, and bless this message in Jesus' name. Amen. And th this is a familiar uh, passage, I think, to many of you all. Uh, many of you guys know the, the story of, of Jacob and Isaac and Jacob and Esau. Um, and uh, I'm sure you, you might have heard mentioned before that the name Jacob meant deceiver or supplanter. Um, I, I have a friend, Jacob, who I met in college, and I would joke around all the time. And because my name is John, uh, you know, either beloved of God, I think, is the definition. So, you know, you, you have to bring that up. Uh, but we know the story of Jacob and Esau. He, he really lived a deceitful life. And you, you can look throughout the Bible uh, um, and see the life of Jacob. But we can also see how God uh, changed Jacob's life. And just like God changed the life of Jacob, I'm thankful that God can change each and every one of our lives. And not just in salvation, but there needs to be a change to be drawn uh, closer uh, to Christ and to die to self. Um, we see uh, in verse 22 of, of chapter uh, 30, 32, and it says, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his uh, two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford uh, Jabok. So that word uh, Jabok either means uh, poured out or, or empty. And we're, we're going to see in this passage that Jacob had to be emptied before he could come to the Lord and let God uh, use him how he pleased. Before God could bless him, uh, really God had to break Jacob of his will. And uh, we'll see that later on uh, in, in this chapter. But just by way of introduction, what, it, what is going on? 
uh, Esau is about to meet with Jacob, and Jacob gets word of this, and his servants come back and tell him that Esau is coming back uh, with 400 men to meet him. So, of course, Jacob, in his mind, he's thinking about when he deceived Esau, and he's thinking, he's going he's gonna to kill me and my family. And actually, if you read in verse, uh, verse, one, or verse 1 and 2 of chapter 32, it says, And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanim. And so we see that God uh, sent these angels to meet with Jacob. And we see after this, he hears that Esau is preparing to meet him. And we see a prayer uh, from Jacob in verse 9. It says, And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord, which said us unto me, Return unto thy country, and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies, of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I pass over this Jordan, and now am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And when Jacob is praying this unto God, it's not like to say, Lord, do you remember this? Okay, we know that the Lord remembers this. This is a promise, and we know that the Lord keeps his promises, and we're thankful uh, for that. But it's really to remind Jacob, of the promise that God had had for him. And we see that Jacob is worried. He's concerned because his brother uh, Esau is coming. And we see that there, there's going to be a change uh, in Jacob's life. But there needed to be a point in Jacob's life where he realized that he needed to depend upon the Lord. And really, in each and every one of our lives, we need to come to that part where we realize that we need to depend on Christ, not just when you're going through a hard time, but each and every day of our lives. And I, I believe in many of the hard times that God brings us to is to point us to himself, is to draw us to himself. And we see that in, in the life of, of Jacob here. And I would like to point out uh, in verse 24, it says, And Jacob was left alone. God had to get Jacob alone so that God could deal with him. Because there was something in Jacob's life that needed to be drawn out. His sin, his, his pride, his self needed to be drawn out and so that he could focus on the Lord and let God change his life. And oftentimes, in, in this world, we get busy. There's so much noise uh, all around us. Uh, you know, with, with, with our job, we, we stay busy. We stay focused on these things. And and having a job is not a bad thing. We should be focused on supplying uh, for our needs and for our family's needs. That, that's a good thing. But just our jobs, our families, whatever it may be, should never take the place of Christ in our lives. And there comes a point uh, where God needs to, where, well, we need to choose to decide to get alone uh, with God. And I pray that each and every day uh, of our lives that we set a time to spend with the Lord, that we set a time uh, free from distractions. And I know, uh, I'm sure those who have kids and uh, animals, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult uh, doing that. But you have to uh, make a purpose in your life that 
you're going to give this time unto the Lord. Just like uh, each one of us uh, ties each month. And we know that uh, 10% belongs to God. But even with that, it should also be our time with God that we should dedicate our time to God. And I wonder how much time do we give the Lord each and every day of our lives? Uh, I was doing uh, just just curious a study about uh, how how often or how long do Americans spend on their phones each day? And this may not be you. I don't I don't think uh, it's probably for the majority. But we can all probably say we spend too much time on our phones, or maybe uh, there's some other distraction that we spend uh, too much time with. But there was a study that says that Americans spend about three hours and 15 minutes a day on, on their phones. That's, that's quite a bit. And if you have those uh, reminders, if you have an Apple phone, I don't know if they do it on Androids or not, but uh, get a smartphone. I'm just joking. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it, it, it'll like send you a weekly reminder about how many hours you spent on your phone each week. And sometimes you look at that and you're like, oh man, like that's a lot of hours. Um, but I totaled this out because I was just curious. I'm like, how much would three hours and 15 minutes, you know, a day be, be in total. Uh, so in total for a year, that would be 49 days in a year, 49 days that are spent just on a cell phone. And that's not including TV or, you know, sports or whatever it may be. But how many Americans or how many of us waste about 50 days a year just on phones? But um, and not just on phones, but what? Maybe maybe your distraction is is in a phone. Maybe it's a TV, or maybe it's sports, or maybe it's your hobby. I I don't know what it is, um, and I'm not saying uh, these things are bad. But I wonder if we were going to do a total account of how much time you spent with the Lord last year, what would what would that total out to be? Would it be 49 days a year? Would it be two days a year? You know, I can't decide that. Only you can decide that. Only you know how much time you spent with the Lord each and every day. And I don't say this to discourage you and be like, man, like I feel like a failure. I haven't spent as much time with the Lord. Uh, the reason why I say this is because we need to start afresh. So many times uh, in our Christian lives, we get through like the mundane and uh, many of you might have a weekly schedule and part of your weekly schedule may be, you know, read the Bible each day. And I hope you don't view reading the Bible just as a checklist, but that you desire to spend time with the Lord in, in the presence of the Lord. And we see that uh, God had to get Jacob alone so that Jacob could be in the presence of the Lord. And I wonder tonight, how many of you have spent time with the Lord? Can, can people, when they're around you, do they know that you've been with God? And I think so often, Myself as well. Um, you know, often before I write a sermon, I get convicted while I'm writing it uh, because it's like, how often have I spent time with the Lord? Or how often have I not shown that to others? Have I not told others uh, how I should? And I would like to point out as well, um, in, in junior church, we've recently been going over uh, the life of Moses uh, we haven't reached this part yet, so if you're a kid, you can get ahead and answer the questions ahead of time. But in Exodus chapter 34, um, in verse 29, 
we see that Moses comes off the mount, and I'll start reading in verse 29. And it says, And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward, all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them uh, in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with him, he put a veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake unto the children of Israel that which was that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of uh, Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until they went in to speak with him. Um, and, and this is just a wonderful passage that we can see. When Moses came off the mount, the people of Israel could tell that he was with God. He met with God. And I, I wonder in our own devotion life, in our own time that we set apart until the Lord, do people know that? Do people uh, know that we spent time with the Lord? What, what is the majority of your conversations about? And I'm not saying you don't, you don't have to talk about anything else besides that. But I do think we need to probably talk about the Lord and not probably we should talk about the Lord more often than we do, don't we? And I, I just pray and hope that each one of us uh, would desire uh, to be in the presence of God and let, and let God use us how he sees fit. And also in Psalm uh, 80, uh, and, and when you turn to Psalm 80, you can also uh, find that there's a phrase that is mentioned uh, three times throughout, throughout this psalm. In Psalm 80 and verse 3, it says, Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. In verse 7 it says, Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. In verse 19, it says, Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. I, I was reading a book recently uh, about revival, and uh, the man was saying, uh, so often we just pray for the revival, like for, for the effects of it, and th those are good things we should want to see, um, other people turn to the Lord, but really what we should desire is to be in the presence of God. And really out of, out of that desire to be with him, the Lord changes us and that makes us want to tell others about him. There, we shouldn't just desire a movement. No, we should desire the Lord. And that's what it's saying in Psalm 80. It says, turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine. See, the Lord's face is always shining, but it's not until we turn unto him that we see his face. And then we, we spend time uh, in, in his presence. And in Psalm 80, it says this three times. So I think there's an emphasis here to get across that we need to be turned uh, unto the Lord and so that we can be uh, in, in his presence. And also in Psalm uh, 122, in verse 1, I, I read this uh, earlier this past week, and it says, I was glad 
when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I wonder here tonight, not just are you glad to be in church, and I hope you guys are glad to be in church. Sometimes you, sometimes you look out into the crowd and it's like, uh, like is anybody happy to be here? <laughs> but we should all be glad to be, to be with other believers, to learn about the Lord, and to fellowship with other Christians. But I wonder, are we glad just for the fellowship? Are we just glad to occupy time? Are we glad that we get to spend time with the Lord? And I'm thankful for Sundays, and I'm thankful that each time of the week that we have a choice to make to spend time with the Lord. But I'm thankful for a day that is set aside, that really if maybe you haven't spent time with the Lord as you should have this past week, but Sunday brings us back to the fact it's the start of the week, and our focus should be on the Lord. And so Jacob uh, the Lord is dealing with Jacob, and it says, And Jacob was left alone, and it says, And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And see, there needed to be, in Jacob's life, an unconditional surrender unto the Lord. He had to give up his life unto the Lord. And just like our lives, there has to be a daily dying. You know, it doesn't say uh, that we just needed to die once uh, in our life and just, Every, every other day, live as we please. No, we have to uh, set our life uh, unto the Lord each and every day. Give our life unto the Lord each and every day. And if we'll continue reading, uh, and it says, And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled uh, with him. And we see that there needed to be a total reliance upon God. And I, I was reading a quote recently by Hudson Taylor. It says, God uses men who are weak and feeble enough to lean on him. See, God doesn't just break us to destroy us and, you know, the kick us while we're down and they keep us down. No, the Lord uses these things in life and the Lord had to use this thing in Jacob's life so that he would cling unto the Lord. And that's the point uh, we need to get across tonight is to cling unto him, to totally rely upon the Lord uh, for our strength. Uh, and I, I was, uh, with the Sunday school lesson this morning, I was reminded of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 as, as well in verse 9. And many of you can think about the life of Paul. He went through many things he, for the cause of Christ. But this is what he says about it in his weakness. And he said unto me, he says, my grace is su sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my affirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in affirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And this is an encouragement uh, to, to us all. Because in our weakness, then Christ makes us strong because Christ is made known in our lives. And we think about the life of Paul. He went through many things for the cause of Christ, but he went through it so that Christ could be known and so that his life, so that people could see Christ in, in his life. And I wonder tonight, can, Christ, can people see Christ uh, in our lives or, or do they see us 
and, and, and just our flesh and, and our own stubborn will. Um, but I pray that each one of us would, would be, be like Jacob here and totally rely on God, totally uh, cling to Christ uh, each, each and every day. You know, I, I was thinking about the perfect example of this. We, just this past week, we thought of uh, Christ's resurrection and what a wonderful thing that is. And I'm, I'm reminded of, um, usually we just put that week and we focus on Christ's resurrection, but really we should think about it more often than just resurrection day because if Christ was not risen, our faith is in vain. But we're thankful that Christ is indeed risen. Um, and, but before uh, Jesus was crucified, uh, he said uh, unto, his, unto his father, you know, not my will, but thine be done. And, and that's how it should be in our lives. Not our will, but Christ be done. And I was thinking of, of this song uh, recently, and I'll just read it to you, so don't worry, I won't sing it to you tonight. It says, When he was in the garden, in his darkest hour of life, Jesus prayed to his Father with anguish deep inside. He didn't want to suffer, but greater was his love. He surrendered to God's will and, and raised his eyes above. Not my will, I lay it at your feet. Not my will, I lay it at your feet. Not my will, I find peace so sweet in yielding my ambitions, my hopes, and all my dreams. You always work more good than, than I could ever scheme. So not my will, but thine be done. My life, Lord, is yours to control. And I pray that that would be each and every one of our desire is to say, not my will, but thine be done. Because so often in our lives, and, and I pray that this doesn't happen to us, but uh, there comes a season or there comes a time in our life where we have to be broken. And, and the reason for this is to point us back to Christ. And many of us might be more stubborn than others, so it might you know, take something harder in our life than others. But it's not to destroy you, it's to point you to Christ so that you would lean on Him, that you would cling uh, to Christ so that He can use you more than you ever could. And so that when other people see you, they see Christ uh, in, in your life. And I was uh, reading something also uh, today. I, I got this book recently. It's called uh, Daring Devotion. It, and it's really about uh, missionaries from the past or, or uh, preachers. And I was just in, encouraged uh, by uh, Patrick of Ireland. And uh, just so you know, he was not a Catholic. And uh, he, he was talking about being in the presence of the Lord. And he says, the Lord teaches and admonishes in the gospel saying, Going therefore, teach ye all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, even to the uh, consummation of the world. And again, go ye into, all the, into the whole world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whence did I obtain afterwards the great and salutary gift to know or love God and to leave my country and my relations? Although many gifts were offered to me with sorrow and tears, and I offended many of my seniors then against my will, but guided by God, I yielded in no way to them, not to me, but to God be the glory, who conquered in me and resisted them all, so that I came to the Irish people to preach the gospel and to bear with the injuries of the unbelieving and listen to the reproach of being a stranger and endure many persecutions, even the chains, and to give up my freedom for the benefit of others. And if I be worthy, I am ready to give up my life unhesitantly and most cheerfully for his name and 
Thus, if the Lord permit, I dare to spend it even unto my death. And if you all know about the life of Patrick, uh, he uh, was taken as a young teenage boy to Ireland, and he, w- he was a slave, but the Lord uh, miraculously uh, saved him from that and actually uh, pointed him to Christ. He, he got uh, saved and trusted Christ as his Savior, and he came back home, and he realized that the Lord wanted him to go back to Ireland. And many of us, uh, even as Christians, would think, that's crazy. These people, you know, they, they enslaved you. Like, that, that's just crazy. Why would you go back to these people? But it wasn't for his own will. It was for the will of the Lord. He did it to serve uh, Christ. And, and we see that the Lord used uh, Patrick in a marvelous way. I was uh, giving this as a missionary story uh, a little while back uh, in junior church about Patrick. And I, I forget how many churches he started, but there were several uh, hundred churches uh, started because of him, because he gave his life unto Christ. And many people were miraculously saved because he yielded his life unto Christ. And I wonder, how many people can we influence because we gave our lives unto Christ? Um, every day when, when we go out to work or maybe to the store or whatever it may be, the Lord can put someone in our path who is looking for answers, who are looking for hope, and we are the answer uh, to them. We need to have the answer to give them, which is Christ. He is the only hope. He is the only answer uh, for them. And uh, Patrick also wrote, wrote this poem. I thought this was uh, convicting about uh, being in the presence of the Lord. He says, Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my le- right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I rise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. And I hope that that would be our desire, that wherever we go, whoever we talk to, would know that we have spent time with the Lord and that it is evident, it is shown uh, in our life. And then lastly this evening, we see uh, the blessing from God. And we see in verse 26, and he said, Let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. So when we think about Jacob, uh, God gets him to say his own name. And what was the reason for this? Because Jacob had to realize who he was. And each one of us has to come to a point where we realize that who we are. We are, we are sinners. We are lost and undone uh, without Christ. Unless Christ changes our lives, we will remain the same. And we think of salvation, how God has gloriously saved uh, each one of us, if you have trusted in Christ as your Savior, but we also know that there needs to be a change each and every day of our lives, a change to be more like him. And, and this is what we see in the life of Jacob, that it, when he met with God, his life would forever uh, be, the, be changed. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince has thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it thou dost ask me my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life 
is preserved. And it's a Passover pineal. The sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel did not eat of the sinew which shrank, uh, which is upon the hollow of his thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinew uh, that shrank. So we see that when God met with Jacob, that his, his life uh, would forever uh, be the same. And I'm sure uh, when his children, when his family uh, would ask him, they would say, you know, what, what happened to you, Jacob? Like, why, why are you limping? Like, what, what is wrong? And Jacob uh, would probably say something like this to his family. He said, I have met with God, and I will never walk the same again. And I pray that that would be our desire. When we meet with God, that we would not live the same, that we would not live our lives in, in our sin or of the past, you know, the, uh, God's word says forgetting those things are, that are behind us. Even the successes that we have seen in the past behind us, our failures, whatever it may be, we have to always constantly be moving forward uh, for Christ, that he would constantly change us to be more uh, like him. Uh, just uh, the, the last story I'll mention tonight, I, I was in England, um, and there, there was a preacher there. He was preaching uh, out of this same text, he wasn't preaching the same message. I didn't get it from him. Uh, but he, 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 there was another man in the church, just a faithful layman. Uh, he, he's uh, with the Lord now. Uh, but I remember um, after the sermon, he, he came to me and grabbed hold of my arm. And he said, get a hold of God and never let go. And just the meaning of this, get in the presence of God and Never get satisfied enough to want anything else but God. And, and I pray that that would be our desire tonight, that we would just cling unto Christ and get a hold of him. That his presence would be seen each and, and every one of our lives, that it would truly make a difference uh, in this world. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for your word and for the truth that is found there in um, and I, I'm thankful that we can cling unto your promises and that uh, they're always true. And I pray that you would deal with uh, each and every one of our hearts tonight, that we would be molded and shaped into the image of you. And I just pray that you would help us uh, to be more like you tonight. And if we would all uh, stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and as the pianist uh, begins to play softly, maybe there's something in your life that you need to give up to spend time with the Lord. Maybe there's something the Lord has been convicting you of recently and the Lord has been mentioning to th this to you to give it unto God. And maybe you think uh, earlier, maybe, maybe you, you would say, I haven't spent enough time with God as I should have. And maybe you just need to tell the Lord to help me to be more faithful uh, in my Bible reading. Help me to be more faithful in my time with you. If you would just slip up your hand, I would like to pray for you because that's something many of us struggle with is spending time with the Lord. Thank you. I see your hands. You can put them down. And I pray that each one of us uh, would not get satisfied with this world, but would only be satisfied with Christ. And dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everyone who is here. And I pray that you would do a great work in our lives, that we would become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.